You're listening to The Move. The stories of one ill-equipped man's very apparent shortcomings dealing with life abroad. Now, here's your host, Nick Griffin! Okay, yes, welcome to another episode of The Move. Apologies, guys, it has been a little while since I've been um, on the mic, behind the mic, anywhere near the mic. We had Christmas, we had New Year's, uh, it, was a, it was a crazy time, so thankfully I'm back at it now, hopefully I'm going to be bringing you more stuff more, uh, more quickly, I guess, we'll see how we go, uh, obviously you start off with the best intentions, uh, but then, you know, look where we are a few months in between episodes, but guys, at part two, part two, episode two of the worst stories, worst travel stories, and the, the great thing about waiting so long between episodes is that I've managed to have an experience of my own, another horrible story that was uh, just as equal to the other ones that I've had uh, that were shared in the last episode. Uh, over the over the New Year's, over Christmas, uh, I went to Germany with my girlfriend and went there with, uh, with her parents as well. So they were coming from Australia, we were coming from London. Anyone that's bought a plane ticket really knows that the cheapest times to fly out are the, often the most inconvenient times to fly out. In London, there's a few different airports going around the place and some of them are connected very easily by public transport and others are not. So because in our infinite wisdom and and scarcity of uh, financial resources, we decided to get a bus from where we are to uh, London Gatwick Airport, which is around about 45 minutes to an hour away. And I think we were supposed to be leaving at, our flight was at six o'clock in the morning, I think, around about six o'clock. And so, you know, again, in our infinite wisdom, we decided to catch a bus. Now, this bus, it is a, a chartered service. Now, it's, it's run by a company. It's not run by, like, the local transport government or whatever. And uh, we were like, okay, no worries. This is the cheapest way to do it. Uh, first of all, I, I didn't even realize there was a bus, so I accidentally booked train tickets. So that was £20 down the toilet. Thankfully, got a little bit of money back on that one. But, uh, yeah, really no good. But anyway, decided to get this bus. Um, so to make it all work, I had to wake up at, I think it was, like, three in the morning, three thirty in the morning to, you know, wake up, get out the door uh by four, to catch a bus by, you know, four thirty to get there at whatever time, whatever, whatever. So we do all this, uh, we plan it all, no worries, we are grand, we're good to go, we wake up, uh, the bus stops only down the road, maybe about a ten minute walk, so we're tired, we're cranky, uh we're sitting there, it's freezing cold and we're just waiting. We're just waiting for this bus. More and more people start to mill around us because this is the time the scheduled bus is supposed to leave. More and more people start to mill around and we start thinking, uh, they've all got pieces of paper out. Maybe we were supposed to book ahead. We knew before, we've caught this bus before, we knew that you could just jump on. But we decided to make sure that we ask anyway. And we went to one of the people asking them, you know, just can we just get on? Like, have you, do you think we would be able to? And he seemed to think, yeah, it shouldn't be a problem, but so long as there was spaces. And so, yeah, we're kind of like, okay, well, we'll be the smart people here. Like we weren't the night before, we'll book it now. So we go to book it, um, manage to make our thumbs, punch in the correct coordinates to get to this website and booking form, only to find out that apparently it is all booked out. Now we're thinking at this stage, you know, we've still got a little bit of time. We've woken up early enough. Um, you know, this this bus is a little bit late, but there's still the trains. So we're like, should we gamble it? Should we wait and see? We don't know how long this bloody bus is going to take uh, and see if we can get on. In which case, if we did, even if it was a little bit late, we'd get there fine. Or we catch a train. We catch a train. The more expensive option, the one that uh, unfortunately we ditched the night before. And uh, just because I suck at booking things, we couldn't even use those tickets anyway because I booked it from the wrong way. I booked from the airport to our house instead of 
from our house to the airport. Yeah. Again, not good at traveling. Uh, it's in the intro uh, and refer to previous episodes if you want to know more about my inability to travel uh, in an in a efficient and good way. But anyway, so we decided, um, Carly worked out uh, just all the timings and everything. She's like, okay, well, we, we can get on a train if we leave now. And we have to leave now. And I suck at making spare-of-the-moment decisions. I'd rather be really prepared. And my brain just goes into meltdown when, when things don't work out. So she's like, we have to go now. Otherwise, you know, we wait for this. And I'm thinking, okay, well, yeah, we're going to have to. This bus is already late. We've got no idea when this bus is going to rock up. We don't even know if we can get on there. So that's what we do. We started to, we jumped on the first train. Now it's a train that is the tube uh, that gets to another train that takes us to the airport. So train the train. And Carly's like, again, we managed to get down there. We get there on time to the first train. And it's probably about like five stops away until we have to get to the second train. Carly's worked out that the last train that we can get is it's only a window of five minutes between where we get off at the train to jumping onto the next train. Now, for those that are familiar with London, we were in Victoria Station is where we're getting off. And for those that aren't, uh, there's two kind of, there's a few different types of trains going around in London. So you've got the ones that go really far places and then you have the underground. The underground is, as its namesake, underground. So the two areas of where these trains are, they're not in the same place. And train stations are big and can be confusing. Victoria Station is one of the biggest uh, in, it's one of the main hubs that the trains go in and out of. So we were like, okay, all right, we can do this. Now, one other thing that I've realized um, over the, my time here, especially when I'm trying to get home uh, after a big night out or something like that, is that when nighttime comes and it's late at night, like say three in the morning, trains, the tube lines, trains still run. But when you go to a station, oftentimes a lot of the main doors are closed. And I swear to God, it's about four or five times now where I've gone to exactly the same train station at three in the morning, trying to get home, and I just cannot remember which doors are open and which doors are closed. So anyway, um, what I'm trying to get at here is it is like four in the morning. It is a really big train station, but not all the doors are open. We have a five-minute window to get from train A to train B, and otherwise, we miss our flight completely. Okay, so we have a game plan. We've psyched ourselves up. We know what we need to do. We are one station away from Victoria Station, ready to sprint and get on our plane. And then what happens? The station before, a whole bunch of drunk people get on. Again, they're all getting home. It's four in the freaking morning. Now, there's this thing on the tube that if you are anywhere near the doors or you're leaning on the doors, the train doesn't move. In fact, it even applies emergency brakes and everyone gets pissed off and angry. And uh, guess what they did? Just as we were about to leave, they were leaning on the doors. So constantly, what felt like an eternity, we were just stationary, death staring these drunk people, telling them to get their shit sorted so we could get away and not lose like hundreds and hundreds of pounds on these flights and holiday. We finally get to the station that we need and as those doors open, we take off. We just absolutely run. We bolt out of there. We started running throughout the train station. That's another thing I really like about London and big cities. People run everywhere. Nobody runs anywhere back in my hometown. Nobody is, like needs to get on any public transport. Everyone's driving everywhere. So anyway, we are hurtling down. We get to the Victoria Station. We're looking. The doors are closed. We're like, oh, shit, shit. We do a few wrong turns. Again, I'm freaking out. By this stage, we've got like, you know, after all the stuffing around, I think it's like two minutes left. We finally work out which door we get into and we find out which platform we need to be on. It's platform 30, which of course 
is the furthest point away from where we are at this moment. We were walking as we were trying to figure it out, but then we start running. Then we realize more and more people are jogging around us and then like collective consciousness sets in and we all start freaking out. There's like an entire crowd of people and we're about in the middle, which is a good thing and a bad thing because, you know, it's good because you're not going to be the last ones, but it's bad because you've got a bunch of people still ahead of you. And so we're trying to get around all these suitcases and everything. There's one man that's just been sprinting the whole time. And so we finally get to the gate. Now, these gates at uh, all the London kind of things, you have to tap a card in and open. it opens up and you can go through. And we could see the train on the platform. By this stage, it's getting down to the wire. As we were approaching, we could see the barriers. We could see the train. We hear the whistle blow. We start freaking out. The man in front of us has already just gone past the gates and trying to get onto the train. And we get there. The security guys that are there, they've opened up the gates. So they're like, don't even bother about paying. Worry about it later. Just get on that train and go. And it was everything was in slow motion. As soon as we got to the gate, I turned to see the train. The doors closed just before the guy in front of us managed to get on. And it just went away. (laughs) The look of defeat on the man as he turned around. The feeling of failure in our faces. We're freaking out. We're just like, how are we going to do this? We cannot get to our flight. We thought we had so much time left and we didn't. So again, my brain goes into meltdown because I can't, beep, boop, beep, boop, robot can't handle all the changes that are happening right now. Thankfully, Carly has the wit and and determination to get us to where we need to be straight away on the money. She's like, we need to get an Uber now. And I'm like, what an Uber? That's going to cost a million dollars. She's like, well, it's going to cost more if we don't get on one right now because all of our flights are going to be canceled. So I'm like shitting bricks here. So, okay, all right, get the app out. It's freezing. My thumbs aren't working properly. Just for fun, every time I've pulled my Uber app out to try and use it, it doesn't like my credit card. But the fun thing about Uber is it doesn't tell me it doesn't like its credit card until the very last payment thing. So I've gone through three or four times. Again, I'm just, it's not working. By the time I kind of managed to get it working, Carly has already installed the app, signed into the app, got her credit card details in and has already booked the Uber. So (laughs) thankfully, thankfully she's booked this Uber, it arrives. Now, the one thing that I haven't told you about this whole situation is a few days earlier, there was this huge thing in, it it made the international media about Gatwick Airport. Apparently... Only two days prior to us leaving, some silly person flying a drone around in the uh, airport kind of area, it shut down all of the flights at Gatwick Airport. It delayed people uh, days and days, uh, weekends. I had a friend that was supposed to be flying out somewhere. They couldn't get a flight until they were supposed to leave Friday. They couldn't leave until Sunday. Their entire plans were ruined. So we came at the back of it. And so there's so many delays already for everyone else Uh, You know, thousands and thousands of people were disrupted by these things and it was absolute chaos. So like we're thinking, we checked, we kept checking the whole time thinking, you know, are we fine? Are we fine? Flight was a good, flight was good to go. So everything was kind of good. But we knew that if we didn't catch this, the delay would just be ridiculous. Like we would not even be on our holidays for another, you know, four or five days. So anyway, we jump in this car. Uh, they say, where are you going? We say London Gatwick. Obviously he does a chuckle and sigh because he knows the rigmarole that's been going on. 
And at four, it's this at four thirty in the morning, five in the morning, whatever time it was. We were not in the mood for being chatty and affable. And this the nicest Uber driver in the world uh, just happened to pick us up, and he was having just a great morning, just a great day. And uh, and I knew that because he tried to talk to me the entire time. And I'm like, oh, dude, this guy's so nice. I just don't want to have anything to do with you. But uh, Carly went to sleep, so I was the only one there to kind of you know have to chat with him. And so anyway, at this stage, he's doing the mental math as well he's figured out that we should get there we should get there if everything's okay uh we'd probably have about a half an hour to get through security and get to the gate now if everything goes well that's fine that's not a problem Kelly recently had a situation where she went to the same airport and the security line was an hour long so at this stage again we're thinking gatwick there's been delays for days this security line is going to be the most hectic thing ever so we're down to the wire and we're getting there. We're approaching. We're maybe about five minutes away from the airport. Okay. And all of a sudden, if anyone's been on Uber before, they know that the whole kind of system is not based off what the driver no- wants to go. It's not based on where they go. It's based on where the app tells them to go. So if you've ever gone on Google Maps and it's told you something is two minutes quicker, it will automatically direct you to the two minutes quicker route even if it's not even if it's you know it's a straight line but it's, it's you know supposedly slower it will still take you on this windy road even if it thinks it's two minutes quicker so anyway we're about five minutes away from the airport there is a little town that's just away from the airport of course our uber app decides to just divert through this entire flipping town another 10 minutes go by we're still no closer to the airport i'm freaking out at this stage i'm like you know passport is out in my pocket i've got everything ready to just sprint through security and uh thankfully you know the the uber driver decides you know stuff this we can't we can't do this at this stage he's starting to kind of really pick up how we're feeling about the situation and uh so yeah we ended up thankfully getting there he just decided you know stuff that went a different direction we end up on the other side of the airport somehow I have no idea uh but thankfully we managed to get there and the great thing is when we arrived there was nobody there there was absolutely nobody at security we, there was size of relief we didn't have any baggage to check because it was all on our backs and uh yeah we just sprinted through the airport we arrived there uh just as you know the the line up to people going through the gates was about halfway done so we just got there. I look, panics, meltdowns, everything happened. And from now on, we are going to be three hours ahead of every single time. It is just the worst experience ever. I've never missed a flight before. This is the closest I've ever come to missing a flight. But geez, I never want that to ever happen ever again. So I can't imagine how much worse I would feel if we actually missed it. As soon as you're there, you're like, oh yeah, we totally got this. How, how awesome are we? But the entire time, just panic and freaking out. Just the little uh, little little strawberry on top of the, the shit Sunday that was us trying to get to Germany. So for those that don't know, a lot of the times when you live in a country that you are not a citizen of, you need some kind of identification card saying that you live there. So uh, in Ireland, I had one. Here, I have one. It's called a BRP card. You need this every time it's your like biometrical residency permit or something. They have all your th- fingerprints and stuff. You need this every single time that you get into the country. And you, uh, for all intents and purposes, can't get back into the UK unless you have one of these. Of course, uh, when I arrived to Germany, I checked my passport and guess what wasn't there? My BRP card. Yes, somewhere in the fray, in the chaos, in the anarchy, I lost it. But uh, I had photocopies of everything 
thankfully, uh, and I had, um, I already reported it all missing. It was going to cost me 150 pound, uh, as per the, you know, the website that it said, thankfully, um, the person at the gate took pity on me. She had to go speak to some people out the back. I'm like, this is like an episode of border control. Like this is it. I'm done for. I'm getting deported. Thankfully I was all good. Uh, I got in and I'm filling out the forms, uh, over the last few days. So <laughs> just that little, little, little cherry on top of that whole experience. But yeah, guys, like I said, uh, we had the part, this is part two. Part one was last time. If you haven't listened to part one, jump on, listen to it now. There's some great stories. These are from my uh, mates that I went with to Egypt, a whole tour group of people. So I have a few more stories that I thought were pretty awesome. So here we go. This first one is my mate, Ben. He had a bit of a story to tell. Have a listen. All right, Ben. Mate, tell me your worst travel story. Oh, worst travel story. Fuck. How many you got? <laughs> well, the worst would probably be Prague. Spent 90 euros on a red hot chili pepper off Via Gogo. Caught the taxi out to the concert stadium. Waited in line to get in. You know, like, concert lines are fucking huge as well. Yes. Just to get declined on entry. Went to security head office. Got the printout of when I scanned my ticket. Gogo sold the ticket to two people and they literally got there two minutes before I did. <laughs> so you missed the mark. You missed 90 euros by yep. two minutes. Missed 90 euros by two minutes and they offered me another 90 euros to get in. And did I, you pay it? Nope. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> all, all the boys got in and a few people we met in the hostel that night. Yeah. Caught, a host, uh, caught a taxi back to the hostel in Prague with a guy that could not talk English and it cost me that much more because... The bloke took me to five different hostels on the way because he couldn't understand what I was saying and where I wanted to go. So one night in Prague absolutely cost my wallet and fucked me over. You couldn't be the first person (laughs) to be fucked over by Prague for sure. Oh, Prague's got many men. (laughs) Have you been to see the Chili's before or since then? Uh, I saw them a week earlier, so I knew they were going to be good, but... Absolutely shattered. And and your mates helped you out by saying that they did a shit job in Prague, yeah? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And better yet, the boys got back at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And here's one for the ages. They actually woke me up by sucking my toes. <laughs> that is not a lie either. They were licking my feet and sucking my toes until I cracked it. Chili's, the chilies got to them, mate. They, they couldn't help it. They That's couldn't not help even it. a lie. That is, I woke up to him licking the bottom of my feet just to try to piss me off. So what did you do? You just went straight home. Yeah, I I couldn't even drink in the hostel room because all the people that we met in the hostel were at the chilies because oh. everyone... That's what they were there for. <laughs> Sorry to hear it, mate. Yeah. Sorry to hear it. There's, there's your shittest travel story. <laughs> Bit of bad luck there from Ben. Hate to hear it, mate. Hope you catch the chilies next time. But uh, here is another story. It's a bit of a shit one, and I'll let Elizabeth explain why. Elizabeth, I want to hear your... Are we going worst? Are we going worst travel story? Oh, what do you mean by worst, though? It's a wise... Well, give me... Okay, what what, are you, okay, what so would I've you got... categorise it as? I've got a few for you tonight, yeah. here tonight. Yeah. These the shit myself from Vietnam story. I think it's obligatory that we have to hear the shit yourself in <laughs> Vietnam, so we don't have a choice at this stage. Um, so I was in Sapa, which is in like the mountains of Vietnam, and we were at a homestay, and they there was a bunch of us, so it was like really eclectic group of people, like a couple of Kiwis, Americans, some girls from Mauritius, like Frenchmen, 
uh, Portuguese girl, Spanish girl, and we I were like, doing... I like the scene building that you're getting yeah, in the shit you. story. I appreciate it. Thank you. I really need you to feel what got <laughs> the me... The ambience of the shit. Yeah, like what got me there to really make you feel the pain that I was in. Okay. Um, so we were doing um, drinking games using homemade rice wine, Okay. which I highly recommend because that taste stuff tastes delicious. Um, it's all most awful stuff in the world. Like you can only do a shot. So we drank this. We drank a homestay out of um, out of homemade rice wine. So we went to the local bar. Got there, shit faced. And they said to me like, "Would you like some opium wine?" And I was like, "You know what? Yes, I would. Absolutely. Sign me up. Opium wine. What's that?" Got that. Passed out. Don't remember anything. Next morning, woke up, had a spew. Thought that's everything's hunky dory from here on in. Like I've done my. I've done my bit. I'm good. I'm good to go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good to go. So we continued trekking through the rice fields up to like the top of this like mountain. From there on in, I start projectile vomiting. No escaping it. The only way out is to walk. So I was like walking a couple meters, puking into the rice fields. Walking a couple meters, puking. Like fertilizing the rice fields. Ran was like. Was like shit. I'm gonna puke, and there's all these people around. Ran to this ledge, ended up puking on all this like cage of chickens that was on the edge. <laughs> that was on... got like all on top of them as well. <laughs> all like... on the back, so like, on these chick- cage of chickens. Anyway, ended up back in the town of Sapa, having a shower and stuff, ready to get on our bus. We weren't sure if our bus had a toilet or not on it though. This is an eight-hour bus back to Hanoi, and um, was walking to the bus. Ended up on hands and knees, vomiting into the gutter, and all these. Pull the bus over. No, no, no. This is on the way to the bus. Oh, okay. This is walking through. The town. This is walking through the town of Sapa on my way to the bus. Ended up hands and knees vomiting into the gutter. Everyone's looking at me like it's completely a normal thing to do. All these Vietnamese people are just like stepping over me. And you know when you're spewing and after a while you feel like your gut kind of start complaining. And so I was like mid spew and I felt that. And you like you really do lose like all control over every muscle in your body when you're projectile. I, I, I wonder where this is going, yeah. <laughs> projectile vomiting. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my god, oh my god, I can't stop it, I can't stop it. Spew shit. And my friend that I was with was just like, Are you okay? And I was like, Don't ask, but I need a toilet. So <laughs> What did you do? Did you go to the well, bus or did well, you go? Like, no, no, I ran to like this. I was with our little Vietnamese guide still. So I was like, I need did a toilet. you explain the situation? No, 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 no. I was just like, I need a toilet quickly. I need a toilet. And so she like ran us to this toilet, like threw this money at this person to get into this toilet, got into this toilet. And you know in like Asian toilets, they're like squat, squat, toilet, squat yeah. toilets with a hose to like sluice yourself off. Yeah. Oh, is that what that's for? Yeah. yeah. Like, knew that? It's like to sluice your parts off. So I was like, I was like first a... time in history it's ever been useful for a white person. So sluiced myself down, got myself like ready to go again, like binned, binned a certain set of somethings. Because yeah, yeah. I was like, no use of them anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Got to our bus and there's no toilet on the bus. Nine hour bus ride, no toilet. And I could feel my gut starting to churn again. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't. So our our guide got on the got on the blower to the train company to try and get us on a train. It's like I don't care if it's a seat. Like I don't need. It doesn't need to be a sleeper. I don't care if it's a seat. But I just know that the trains have toilets on them. Just get us on that fucking train. So in the meantime, we had to go. The, the train wasn't for another couple of hours. So we had to go back to like the tour guide's office where there was a bathroom and stuff. And shit myself again oh, on the no. spew, spewed and shit again on wait, the way. Wait, do you have your jocks on at this stage? No, just pants, just pants. Oh, no. <laughs> wait, it's like a 
hundred times worse. Just, just like those awful, um, those awful like Vietnamese elephant pants. Oh, dude, that's running down your leg and shit. Oh, um, and my friends like, are you okay? And I was like, just keep walking, just keep walking. So got got back to the guide's place and like burst into the bathroom. There's this Italian guy in there. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm not quite finished. And I was like. I don't care, out. And he's like, I'm not done. I was like, fucking out. So got got to the bathroom and like binned my pants and spent the rest of the afternoon sitting on the toilet spewing into the bathtub. Oh no. Yeah, it was really, really awful. And like the sweetest thing was is I was like would like once I'd like could get off the toilet, I was like just passed out on this couch and my friend was like roaming around Sapa and every time I woke up there'd be like a new sort of drink in front of me, like Sprite or apple juice and she was just fun of trying to find for me like the nicest thing to spew up again. Because <laughs> I couldn't give anything down. So apple juice is the best thing to spew. Jesus Christ, so what have you learned from this from this whole story? What's your um, take home message? Take home is opium is to be uh, <laughs> taken taken seriously. Yeah. <laughs> do not do it lightly, not when you're doing like an eight hour check through rice fields. Jesus Christ. Well, Elizabeth, I appreciate the story. I'm I'm sorry that happened to you. Character building. Yeah, well, I mean you, what else can you do? Yes, unfortunately, Elizabeth, ah, God, no good. I'm sure a lot of people could relate to that. Uh, No worse travel experience is complete without a good poop story. But guys, I'm going to take it up to the next level now because this is my mate Jin telling his story. He was a bit of a character on the uh, whole trip. The funniest thing is when I said I need your worst travel story, it actually took him a while to think of this one, which I find very surprising. So obviously a man that's lived a life. Listen to Jin tell his worst travel story ever. Right, here with Ginge uh, at the fire. Last night, mate, you've had a lot to say about different stories, uh, travel stories, worst stories. Give me one of your worst travel stories, please. Yeah, um, first of all, long-time listener, first-time talker. Um, really appreciate your work. Well, anyway, good, good, good to have you on, mate. Good to have you on. Uh, yeah, so one of my... Oh, it's probably up there with some of the worst stuff I've done, but... This one night in Stockholm, um, we went there for a friend's birthday, basically, there was a fair few of us, we got an Airbnb, it was 15 minutes out of town. First fuck up was, if you're booking an Airbnb, ladies and gentlemen, you book it in town. You don't get a fucking train out, train back, don't do that job. Anyway, if you ever been to Stockholm, you're paying a lot for drinks, so what we did was, we bought a hell of a lot at the airport, duty free, and well, we wanted to get through it. So, what did we do? We made punch, we had drinking games, and... Turns out when you play King Cup, when they all come your way, it's not a good thing. (laughs) So I lost. I had a good time. I threw up, vomited, and out we went. So I got into one joint. The next one, not there. Uh, Third one, vacant as well. So night over for me, said, guys, don't ruin your night. I'm pissed. I'm going home. So pulled out the old phone, Al Capone, as we do, and you look on the city <laughs> mapper and you uh, you look, where am I going in life? Probably nowhere, but city mapper tells you where the nearest train station is. So yep. I'm like, fuck me, here we go. Need another 800 metres down the road. So it's take me through, and it's literally got me deviating left, right, and placenta. And I've gone, <laughs> how about this? Why don't I just go straight over, straight through? There's a little fence here. I'm sure if I jump it, I'll be over. And we're talking a little fence, like... Six foot four, I'm five foot nothing. So, you know, two hop, skips and jumps and I'd be over this thing. Not setting any records jumping over that thing. Oh, God, no. You should have seen me in the hurdles. Never <laughs> never happened. So I've jumped over this fence um, and I'm walking through this place, casually looking at the city map. All of a sudden I'm tackled. 
Tackle to the ground, I'm like, what the fuck's happening? I'm being mugged. Next thing I know, I'm in handcuffs. I'm being absolutely frog-marched out of somewhere. Thrown in the back of the van, thrashed around. God knows what's happening. Don't know a thing, blind. Wake up, get out of the car, you know, very limited English spoken. Um, there was two officers. It was the first one that I tried to hit and the second one that actually spoke better English. And he's like, you know, why are you here? Why are you here? You realize what you've done. The second one was actually reasonable. I'm like, look... I was literally trying to get home. I was following my map. It said to go straight. It didn't, but I said it said to go straight. Turns out, fence I jumped was into an embassy, and well, they wanted know. to charge me with international offences of trespassing. Jesus Christ. An hour and a half later, the first cop still hates me. The next one was quite reasonable. Came down to the deal. It was like, I understand what I've done tonight. I was a drunk man trying to get home. I acknowledge I'm drunk. I'm just trying to get there. First one's like, yo, you asshole, rah, rah, rah. Second one's like, okay. I said, look, what do we do from here? You know, what's best case scenario, worst case scenario? He goes, worst case scenario, we can charge you internationally for trespassing. What? No. International offences for trans- trespassing. Best case scenario is we can lock you up for four hours and charge you with drunken disorderly. I said, boys, the decision's up to you. So I spent my four hours in a cell and I met some lovely blokes that I should never have done. But um, I came out with my life and no fine to pay at the end. So you're, you're, go, you're drunk, you're going home, you're trying to get to the train station, you jump a fence, yeah. get tackled. Was, did the cops, like, were they in full gear? Did they have guns and stuff? Yeah, there was, a, there was a gun in the back of my head. And <laughs> they, Jesus Christ. But at that point in time, you don't argue. No, I, could have, I couldn't imagine you've got a really uh, a good no. position to argue when you from. When you... You're in trouble, you're in trouble, and you have to go with it. But the best part of the story was, out of all my friends that were out that night, and there were six of us, I was the last one home. <laughs> Fucking hell. So wait, are you, so did you like, did, were you thinking like in your back of the, the back of the paddy wagon or whatever, Look, were you just like, do I call a lawyer, do I call the embassy, like were you freaking the fuck out? No, I've done time before, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I've done hard time. <laughs> No, it was like a, you sit down, you shut up, and you plead guilty. Just wait, you do. just wait. Yeah, for, so yeah, hand out a right, got out uh, right as Mac is open, so I had a good, uh, good bacon feed. and egg McMuffin on the way home. Thank uh, you to our sponsors out there. Uh, uh, no, yeah, <laughs> outside on the joint, gets first thing you get is Mac. Yeah. So like, are you still allowed to go back to the country? Yeah, yeah, yeah right, I went or? back there earlier. Um, we actually racked up a heap of um, tolls that we never paid for in the car. So, Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, my third time round, don't think so, but we'll give it a go Let's anyway. hope the, uh, the authorities <laughs> Paul's not going to track you down on this one. Yeah, like I said, guys, Ginger's story was next level. Thankfully, uh, I actually have another story of his that I'll play in future. It's not a worst travel story. It's just a bit of fun. But uh, the next one I should be getting to you is going to be my trip to Egypt. Finally getting around to doing that. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Don't forget as well, you can email me now. I have an email address and it is themovenickgriffin at gmail.com. And I'm too cool for the K, just N-I-C Griffin for that one. Let us know what you want to hear. If there's anything, if you've got any feedback on the show, uh, look, any kind of mail would be great. And you'll personally make me very happy. It's just like receiving mail in real life. It never happens unless it's bills. Same with email. All I ever get is spam. So give me some listener mail. I would really appreciate that. Also, if you could do me a huge favor, you know, obviously tell your people, tell your friends, tell your family about this podcast. Give it a review on any platform that you're listening to. Uh, If you want to listen to it on a different platform that it's not available on, let me know and I'll see if I can add it on there as well. But until then, guys, stay cool and I'll catch up hopefully, hopefully very soon. Have a good one.